everybody. So we are the Hallmarkies Podcast, and we are so excited to be here. I am Rachel, and we are here to do a special bonus episode uh, interview, and Amber's here. Hi, everybody. And we are talking to one of the queens of Hallmark Podcasting. <laughs> we are talking to Marissa Serafini, uh, who is uh, the queen of the Hardies over at AfterBuzz, and uh, we're so excited to uh, get to get to know her better. Ah, thanks so much for asking me, Queen. I, I think that's too too regal of a title. <laughs> uh, no, it's a it's the appropriate title. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we we like to ask our guests uh, to introduce themselves and to just give us a little bit of idea of how you got to where you're at and what uh, what interests you to uh, pursue your career. Uh, that you currently have? Oh, uh, yeah. So, you know, in, in high school, basically, to, to sum it up, uh, in high school, I did a lot of theater, you know, musical theater. I'm getting the behind the scenes type of experience. And, and I love just seeing so many people coming together and making a big production. And I thought that was really awesome. And, you know, those same foundations translate over to film production, and television production. So in high school, fortunately, I was like, yeah, this is what I would like to do. So when I went to college, I went to Illinois Institute of Art and then got a degree in filmmaking. And, you know, oh, that, wow. and that covers a lot of, you know, television, film, just um, the production aspect. Uh, yeah, bachelor's degree in digital filmmaking and video production. And then, you know, my first job out of college was actually After Buzz TV, oh. um, which deals mostly with podcast and audio. Mm-hmm. Ironically, I had a degree in film. <laughs> I knew things of audio because, you know, audio and film go hand in hand, but I, I knew more of the filmmaking and not much about the audio making. And so getting into After Buzz taught me a lot about iTunes and how audio, different audio formats and how they all... Um, get dispersed throughout the internet in different ways and so and then I also learned hosting and never in my life did I ever think I'd be in front of the camera I got a <laughs> degree behind the camera not in front so and then I, then I came to AfterBuzz and I saw all these people talking about their favorite shows and death and character development story writing and all that I was like I could totally do this this is what I talk about every single day you know <laughs> and then it was actually my producers, uh, Phil Svitek and Kevin Undergaro, who is the founder of Afterbus TV, it was their idea. They're like, well, Marissa, you know film, you know television, why don't you host a show? And <laughs> much to my dismay, I was like, uh, what? You want me to talk? <laughs> like, yeah, you just talk about it like a regular conversation. And then I started on the Glee after show. Mm-hmm. Love Glee, love music. There's that musical love that I have and started doing that and then the next year I added more shows to my hosting roster and then I just have a bunch of after shows under my belt and then you know I, I've always loved Hallmark throughout my teenage years and I got more into Hallmark on a more consistent basis for the last probably four years and then you know found one calls the heart decided to do one calls the heart after buzz tv after show and mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Rest is history. And yeah. <laughs> is it is it hard for you to turn off your filmmaking, film school brains? But I mean, it's not like these are the most like Oscar caliber made movies ever. Is it a little hard for you to kind of turn off that brain side of you? Yeah, sometimes I do. When, but when I go to the movie theaters, I have a more critical mind because I yeah. know what certain elements to look for. But when I'm watching something on television like Walmart, um, I'll notice some things like maybe there's an ADR issue or there's <laughs> a weird edit in a cut. Like I'll think about it for a brief second, but then immediately move on. Um, so it doesn't take me fully out of the movie. I'll, I'll recognize it, but it doesn't ruin it for me. That's Sometimes they, Rachel lets it ruin it for her. She's the, yeah. the meanest. She's like, the lighting is weird. <laughs> <laughs> for Hallmark but I did struggle with the up movies uh I, we watched some of those at Christmas and some of them were just really bad as far as the sound the lighting to the point that I was like man Hallmark is legit they got really good production values 
Yeah, and there are some Hallmark movies that are really well done. Yeah, they yeah, really are. And it's amazing when you think about the turnaround time on a lot of these projects where they, you know, they're filming mid-December and it's out on your TV January 13th or something. Yeah. I know, I know. I've actually interviewed a couple Hallmark people, you know, who were promoting Hallmark movies and I asked them, when, so when did you wrap this? They're like, oh yeah, like two weeks ago. I just came back. <laughs> <laughs> what, and it's airing tomorrow? So yeah. <laughs> I'd love to learn their turnaround production for a full movie and like getting the acting, the filming, filming everything, editing together. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's shockingly because we did a, a, uh, a preview show in uh, October. We'll do it again this year. And it, it felt like, it felt like fake news because there were so many things that changed by the, by, from just the time we did the preview show and, uh, and things like uh, Christmas next door, I actually ended up really liking, I mean, that thing was going to be like about a divorced dad who gets his kids for the weekend. And it was, and then all of a sudden it's like your Jesse Metcalf vehicle. And I mean, it was completely different. Uh, That one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just funny. There were, there were a lot like that, but. And I love how sometimes last minute that the title changed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I think Candace Cameron Bure's Switched Out Christmas was called like Sister Swap originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they usually have- change it worse though. Like for instance, they had, uh, I think that. Mr. Christmas. <laughs> oh yeah. We were not a big fans of the Perfect Christmas Present. It was not our favorite. But the name Mr. Christmas was way better than the Perfect <laughs> Christmas Present. And they changed yeah. it and I was so mad. Yeah. Yeah. And I like even I think that like I think the Christmas shop was way better than sharing Christmas. Like that's just so bland sharing Christmas. But what do but I? Who do? knows why they make these choices? Do you yeah. know, Marissa? <laughs> well, I think, and um, you know, because I I did cover all thirty three of them on my show. Uh, I noticed with all the titling, it has some Christmas elements too. Like sisters, yeah. that's not very Christmas. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah, maybe, but like, they, it's a lot of times it's play on words for Christmas Eve type of. Yeah. So I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said that you had always watched Hallmark movies. Uh, do you have any that you kind of grew up really particularly loving? Ooh, I mean, there there was like one. I'm trying to remember. I think it's an old one with Patricia Heaton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's like Town a Town without, without Christmas. Yeah, that, <laughs> I was like a teenager when that came out. Yeah, I was like, and every once in a while that comes on every every year. I'm like, oh, here it is. Yeah, but, um, I do love. So I'm trying to like think back of the old old ones or like older for me, quote unquote. Um, yeah, they're probably my favorite because I like the old ones. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is Hallmark, but Christmas shoes. That Hallmark. Oh, your big Christmas shoes. That is Hallmark, right? Is it? I think it's Lifetime. I thought it was. It it might be Lifetime. I like. I might get confused because a lot of different networks do television shows, so it might be. That's one of the sad ones. I I love November Christmas. That is one of my favorites, and that one's a sad one. Also, there are some of those tear the weepy, weepy Christmas movies uh, that you have. I I love like most wonderful time of the year. And um, one of my favorites is um, Trading Christmas. Have you ever seen that? I've heard of it. I'm yeah. trying to remember if I have seen it, though. You should check it out. It's is really it good. Faith Ford in that one, Rachel? Mm-hmm. Faith Ford, Tom Cavanaugh, and uh, it's just super charming. And a baby, Andrew Francis. Yes, that's true. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm putting that in my list. <laughs> Gabriel Miller. It's really fun. It's, it's it like is quite movie. a good one. And yeah. like... From that the rough era of Hallmark movies, like 2006, 2010, <laughs> where they were like not quite sure if they wanted to be just super sad or like super romantic. Yeah. <laughs> Before they split channels and they were like, okay, we've got this. <laughs> Didn't they split channels like 2010? Yeah. yeah. Like right when they split the channels, I think they were like, okay, now we know what tone we're trying to get for the movies. Yeah. Because a lot of the ones between 2006 and 2010, I think, are a little um, unbalanced because they were just trying to do too many things mm-hmm. in each movie. There are some gems like Trading Christmas, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And uh, they're also definitely not G-rated. Like, they're not like 
ours or anything, but they're definitely a little more mature than what they're doing currently uh, in, in content. Like you'll watch things and be like, oh my gosh, that's a person's back. Or, oh my gosh, they're having... <laughs> they're missing and it's not the last 30 seconds. Yeah, there's not, they're, they're not actually uh, the near kiss. Like, <laughs> oh, so many near kisses. So many, right? <laughs> First, like, how do you feel? Do yeah, how do you feel about that? The like apparent policy that they can't kiss until the very end. Well, I mean, there are some Hallmark movies where they do kiss in the middle. It's like uh, mostly old ones, though. Yeah, when they do kiss in the middle, it's around the fifty-minute mark. I, I feel. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's just like you, you got to wait to the end that build up. Yeah. <laughs> next to the end because that's the moment we're all waiting for so like I get it that they push it to the end yeah there are some Christmas movies where it's mostly the ones where uh, it's like they know each other already and then they meet up again yeah and like they kindle the old feeling so yeah if you're gonna meet somewhere in the middle of the movie you're gonna kiss again sure I'm for it see yes sign our (laughs) petition to let them kiss more So you covered you covered all all of the films the holiday films this last uh, year. What were some of the highlights in your opinion? Ooh, I loved. Oh my gosh, there's so many. And there's thirty. My favorite one was uh, Maggie's Miracle. Oh, that one's sweet. I mean, I I, I love the book, and yeah, fantastic. And mm-hmm. um, that movie just held up so well. And I love Joe Wagner. Yeah, oh, she's so great. All her stuff. Um, yeah, she was awesome. That that was like my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Also loved uh, Christmas at Holly Lodge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This scene in Maggie's Miracle where uh, where they they you don't get a lot of like ask on a date scenes. Were oddly enough in Hallmark, and I just loved that scene where uh, he's like, "What are you doing Friday?" He's like, "I don't know. I have a date Friday <laughs> with a cafe owner slash tutor." <laughs> Yeah, I, I love the moment when they were in the kitchen and she's trying to cook. Yes, that was cute. Her a hard time. It's like, you keep that up, you're not going to eat it at all. Like, <laughs> watch any of the other Hallmark shows, or are you just into When Calls the Heart? I do watch uh, Chesapeake Shores. Um, I cover the after show for that as well. Okay. Uh, I watch a little bit of The Good Witch. Admittedly, I haven't seen all of it. I've seen a lot of the movies. I mm-hmm. really haven't watched the television show on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I think I watched a few episodes of Cedar Cove, mm. but mostly mine calls the heart in Chesapeake Shores. Yeah. Yeah. So on Chesapeake Shores, who is your favorite kid? Kid? Well, the O'Brien. O'Brien's. Oh, the O'Brien's. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I love Amelia Ellerup's character, Brie. Yeah. Mm. Because she, she's witty, she's smart, she's a book reader, she likes to write. I was like, yes, girl, I feel yeah. you. <laughs> favorite is Connor because I'm a uh, team Andrew Francis and yeah, Rachel uh, loves Andrew Francis more than is probably okay <laughs> I noticed that you've mentioned him twice <laughs> yeah so if Rachel I could just... have a Hallmark friend it would be Andrew Francis <laughs> so yeah I mean I, I I'm curious to are you going to cover the season four of the uh, good witch out there on after buzz um we'll see if I have any uh other hosts at after buzz who are interested okay out of our giant roster of like 350 current recurring hosts only maybe five of us watch Hallmark oh yeah uh, yeah, we or like watch Hallmark enough on a regular basis to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we do, um, and it's it's hard to find those people and find a time that works with all of our schedules. So yeah. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That's so what do you, what do you like about uh, po- like podcasting and having these kind of discussions and and things like it, uh, is it like what's what's fun about it for you? Um, well, it's fun. It's like I can nerd out as much as I want. <laughs> yeah. But I can like go in depth with character development with someone else who also has an intellectual knowledge of character development. Yeah. Um, growing up in a place where I come from is a really, really small town. When I talked about my favorite shows, everyone looked at me like, you are so weird. Why are you so obsessed with television? 
you know, like, why are you so obsessed about a show or a movie? And I'm like, don't you want to talk about it? <laughs> so um, it, it's cool with AfterBuzz, you know, it gives me a platform to talk about my favorite things without someone else judging me. Yeah. <laughs> and I talk to other people about the same things. And, and it's really cool because I never had that growing up. Yeah. You're like living in a Hallmark movie, going to the big city, but <laughs> you gotta go back to the small town and <laughs> find oh, your yeah. High school boyfriend. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm from a very, very small town. When I tell people small town, I mean, population 1,400, no stoplights. Like, I literally come from a small country town. <laughs> so, coming to LA, quote unquote Hollywood, you know, people are like, what? Whoa, big things. And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's really cool. So, the one you caught. 1,401 followers on Twitter, they were like, oh, the entire town. Yeah. <laughs> there are more, I have more followers than I do people in my hometown. It's crazy. <laughs> that hit me one day. I'm like, wow. Yeah. All right. There's a bigger world out there. That's funny. Uh, so uh, let's talk about One Calls the Heart. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Is One Calls the Heart your favorite of the Hallmark TV shows? Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I love Chesapeake Shores, but it's a, it's a whole, I love it for a lot of other different reasons, but my calls the part just like makes me feel so happy at the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. It's a good feeling. Why do you think they're able to do that? Why do you, what do you think works about the show? I think they really get um, universal themes and family dynamics, town dynamics, and just like uh, how people interact with each other on a daily basis. I think they really get that. Some people don't like each other, but they still respect each other at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Some people love each other and help each other out. And they, I think they created a seemingly ideal small town uh, and just the idea that people help each other, that's kind of rare to find nowadays. Yeah. Um, people helping each other just for the sake of helping each other because they're a community. Um, that's hard to find. And I think people keep going back to when calls the heart because they don't see that in their everyday lives. Yeah. Um, and so on the show, you obviously watch it. So, you know, all the characters, <laughs> is there any character that you feel like you, I like really identify with, like, you know what they, they get me. They are, they are my audience surrogate. That is me. Yeah. Um, I always say I love Abigail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She always helps others before she helps herself. Um, I love that. And she she's always thinking about other people first. Mm-hmm. And, and you see it every single week where, you know, even last week's episode when she was helping Jack and Elizabeth talk to Jenkins and get their land back. And, you know, um, no one asked her to do that because she's just a good person. She, she knew what, something was wrong and she took the initiative to deal with it and mm-hmm. I, I like that the headstrong woman who, who who has a moral sense and actually have the initiative and be assertive to do something I love yeah. that we need more people like Abigail in the world the world would be a better place Indeed. that is definitely true we kind of tease a little bit because we feel like Abigail has superpowers yeah. that, uh, that everything <laughs> she, she does is <laughs> Super moment. And I also love her too because she's also a mother to an adoptive kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. personally am adopted. So, like, that also oh, is yeah. on a personal level because she's just a good person. I have loving parents who are like Abigail. So, that's, I think, another reason why I love Abigail so much because I do have people like that in my life. Feel about this season? Uh, in, do you feel like it's been a pretty good season so far or? Yeah, it's, it's very consistent because at this point last season, there was a lot of ups and downs and there was a dramatic episode in the middle where Jack left. And, and then this, this season, it, it's like very happily consistent throughout. And I like mm-hmm. that. Um, I really do enjoy that. We haven't really had a heart-wrenching moment yet in this season. So, you know, we're, we're waiting with bated breath for that. <laughs> Uh, overall, like every episode, um, has been very consistent. I like yeah. That. Excellent. Um, and so obviously you mentioned when you were talking about, you know, small town characters who don't like each other and things, there is of course the elephant in the room, Henry Gowan, Ooh, who, yeah. who is the, the villain, we should say. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about Henry? 
Uh, well, I, <laughs> I'm very open about how much I don't like him. Oh. <laughs> I understand, like, he's so good at being so dislikable. So that's, this great for Martin Cummins. Um, he's a good actor in that way. So he, he's doing a good job. And I met him at HFR. And, like, he's a cool person in real life. So, um, but his character is, it's, like, quite the antagonist. And he yeah. just coming back and he goes away and then he comes back and you're like oh he's back you know <laughs> he, he has that kind of demeanor but the thing that i don't like about him is like he's in a grown man doing terrible nefarious things to other adults and treating them like dirt you know and i was like that's that, that's no excuse to just be a bad person and do bad things um so i know this season season five the building a redemption story for him but I'm like, well, I'm it. <laughs> yeah, you see, Amber is the queen of the underdog. She, um, I love Henry Gowan so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he's maybe one of my favorite characters. I just love him. <laughs> I, love him so much. I don't know. I just feel like he's like a really interesting, damaged character that, like, I just want him to succeed and, like, I can just see him, like, he'll try to do things, but then he'll just, like, sabotage himself because he doesn't feel like he's worth anything. So I just mm -hmm. want him to succeed. He's, like, to me, like a, like a Damon from the Vampire Diaries or, like, a Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Like, somebody, yeah, somebody who just, like, doesn't feel like they deserve love, so they try whatever they can to sabotage it. Yeah. Self-destructive. Yeah, yeah. self-destructive, indeed. And I just, I just, I just root for him and I just like want him to do well. And then he like lets me down and I'm like, we can get back up. <laughs> we can do it. You're, you're his biggest champion. That's great. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you feel about the, the Gow and Abigail storyline that they're trying to write? Oh my gosh. I have been shipping Gowan and Abigail <laughs> since like episode one, season one. Like her husband's dead. She's a widow. Let's get married. Go for it. You two. <laughs> I mean, really how early on in our podcast yeah. do you say this is um, true. Henry and Abigail are my OTP. They are end game for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I pretty much. I mean, you can disagree. I know, but like, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm out that's what makes it interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even on a ship. I'm just on like an iceberg by myself, just shouting like, "I ran Abigail." <laughs> well, I think it would be interesting because you have kind of the most angelic character with the most flawed character, and so it would be kind of interesting, or it could be at least. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess my favorite character. I don't know. I guess I love Opal so much. Anytime Opal's on screen, I'm happy. To choose between Philip or Opal, who would you choose? Ooh. Tough call. You're asking me? Or yeah, me? you, Rachel. Opal, for sure. For real? <laughs> yeah, but I do love Philip. I guess we've seen, uh, and I'm just, I'll, I have all nieces, so I'm just a girl. I'm a girl person. Little girl person. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, uh, but I love Philip too, so that sounded really mean that I said that. Um. <laughs> How about you, Marissa? Um, like I, I love both of them. They're they're fun. I think Philip has um, more dramatic storylines. So every time he's on screen, like he, f I feel for him a little bit more because yeah. he's cute and she's like not to sound terrible, but like she is very one dimensional. I mean, she's a kid though. Yeah, and they're on screen to be like, oh, how sweet. You know, she's the ignorance is bliss kind of person. She doesn't really, she hasn't been tainted by the adults or bad things in, in her life. And she has loving parents. Yeah. Um, Philip has a more dramatic storyline and more dramatic background. So um, I find his character more interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. They're both so cute. And I do love the Coulters. I love Rosemary and Lee. They're the best. So fun. And I, I definitely relate to Rosemary because I'm very extroverted, kind of like her. I'm not like Aaron uh, or, or Elizabeth at all, really. So I relate more to Rosemary. <laughs> She's it's fun. fun. Very, very theatric and dramatic in her ways. Yeah. James loves her. James, yeah. yeah, James not loves her. <laughs> he loves Pascal. Like yeah. her as an actress her character, Rosemary, like seriously, mm -hmm. when I'm talking to him 
off camera, <laughs> regular day or on the phone or something, he'll bring up the most random excuse to talk about Pascal. It's <laughs> funny. Like, that, like, how did we go from like talking about bills to Pascal hunting? I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, did you love the wedding? Were you just like on cloud nine? Oh my gosh, how gorgeous was it? It was gorgeous. I did love it. The whole reveal, um, you know, like pulling back the, the, the yeah. silk curtains and finally the reveal. I stopped tweeting for like a good 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> but I was just so enamored with the episode. It was gorgeous to watch. I yeah. loved it. it was everything that I hoped it, it would be. I'm not sure if it lived up to everybody else's expectations, but it, it was simple and yet beautiful. Yeah. It was great. I felt, we, we felt that it was like, why did we have to have all the, you know, the bill yeah. heist thing? <laughs> I know. That was <laughs> so unnecessary. We, well, but we like, could have had, you know, 15 more minutes of them just standing around in the chapel in their outfits. But <laughs> <laughs> we could have had like an arc with Tom and Julie or something like that. Like, why did we need this bill thing? Yeah. yeah I talked about it on my show too. And I mean, it, it, it added to the heightenedness of anxiety. Like, I get that. But the problem is, it's such a forgettable storyline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No one's going to remember it. Or even, like, people will remember it, but no one's going to, like, pay attention to it because it got resolved so quickly anyway. So why even put it in? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone will remember it with derision. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it's the, the whole idea of losing the rings or not having the rings. But there are so many other storylines you could have written. Yeah you could have lost the rings in the town or he misplaced them in the town. That doesn't mean he has to go off and yeah. spend his life. Just have him have a simple storyline of, Hey, he misplaced the rings and he's trying to find it. Yeah. Plus like, I mean, come on, simple gold bands. Like you're telling me they couldn't find any in the hall of plus. And also like Rosemary's willing to give up her ring at like the drop of a hat, which you got to love her for that. <laughs> <laughs> that. I mean, that was very sweet of Rosemary too. Yeah. Also helping each other before she helps herself. See? Yes. Rosemary. Yeah. She's a champ. She's she the best. Does. She gave up her wedding dress, too. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth. Constructing her own wedding dress. Admittedly, I might be a little bit selfish and be like, uh-uh, you're not touching mine. So, yeah. <laughs> I will go 50 miles to find more silk for you, but you're not touching mine. So, <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> so, I'm curious. What would be your, like, dream Hallmark movie or, like, dream Hallmark cast? Oh my goodness. If you could have like a movie with just like any of the actors that you've talked with or whatever, or like your dream Christmas movie or whatever. You know, that's funny you ask that because I, I have thought about it and I always thought like one of the, and I would love to pitch this to the Hallmark, so I'm saying it here. Uh, <laughs> and nobody's still her idea, you guys. <laughs> Give her credit. A girl's night out with oh. all the main... Oh. Hallmark girls like Dana Mc, Danica McKellar, Candace, um, Lacey, Aaron, of course. Like, and they're all just friends, mm -hmm. and they all know each other, and they have like kind of like a a um, Valentine's Day where there's so many characters, and they're all somehow linked to each other. But have that in the Hallmark space. Yeah, all have their their guys. So like, you have your your main crop of Hallmark women with your main crop of Hallmark men that we see like Andrew and yes. <laughs> yeah, Andrew like it's so just so many in like Andrew Walker as yeah. well um Brennan Elliott like so your, your main Hallmark guys that you see on a regular basis with your main Hallmark girls have them all together in oh I love this idea I'm super excited you could call it Galentine's Day yeah. Oh my yes. god. Valentine's Day is kind of like Parks and Rec saved, so I don't think you can do that. Is that? I didn't. I've never watched Parks and Rec, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, you could or like something. Yeah, you could make it a Valentine's Day movie. And you could have there's a, a there's a movie that's not like that, but like there's a movie called Mom's Night Out. Not the like not like a raunchy one. It has mm -hmm. Sean Astin in it. Um, so something yeah. like that, but Hallmark would be the most incredible thing that's ever happened. It would be yeah. great. You could have like Rachel Boston on there and like Danica. Oh, I love it. You have Opal Hallmark could be somebody's kid. All together. Oh, Opal could be someone. Yes. 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 I love it. Hallmark kids. You see, we're, we're just, we're making it happen. Yeah. 
Yes. Marissa, you do right there. You're using your noodle. I'll write it. Fine. I'll just write it and then pitch it down. <laughs> Yes. All right. Good. Because uh, we have we have a dream movie of making a, a firehouse movie where you have all the hunky men, kind of like Twelve Men of Christmas, but like with Hallmark. Yeah. And then two yeah. dueling firehouses. Yes. So you get like twice as many men as one firehouse. <laughs> and Twelve Men of Christmas is that a lifetime movie? Twelve Men. Yes. Yeah. But so it would be like that. But what's that? Is that the one with the calendar? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have seen that one. It's so good. I love it. Christmas <laughs> Genoa? Yes, I have seen that one. It's great. It's I one do of like the idea, though. Yeah. So I, I like that our ideas are basically like, let's just find a way to use as many actors and actresses as possible. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, how awesome would it be if they're all finally in one place? Yeah. yeah. Everybody would watch it. Like, I don't understand why the hesitancy. Like, everyone would watch. It would be like the hugest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and we wouldn't have to have 90 Christmas movies. We just have to have our one awesome movie. You know? I mean, we'd still need to have 90 Christmas movies. Yeah. <laughs> that, that could be like the end of the year or beginning of the year celebration movie. How amazing it would it be if they did like 10 movies with the individual characters and then at the end there's like an 11th movie that brings them all together. <laughs> See, yeah. That would be like the event. It's like they would be really the Hallmark Cinematic Universe. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. they are yeah. all kind of related. That would make sense. That would mm -hmm. bring it all together. I like that. And like every movie you have like the next person's movie, that character like appears as a cameo in the yeah. first one. And yeah. then that comes to the second one. Yeah. I like just, or like, or you could do like Marcus Rosner was the bad guy who was like a real estate agent in this movie who gets broken up with the girl and then in the next movie he goes home to visit his dying father and he's sad because he got broken up with and then he like realizes he shouldn't be in real estate and stays in this small town he's so good and then his best friend is the leading yeah. man for the next movie yes oh, <laughs> love it it's just like pay it forward but with like romance i love pay it forward yeah, absolutely. I would love for them to just keep keep being more creative because um, I am getting tired of the uh, say what I call save the farm plotline, uh, where yeah. you know it's like oh the cupcake shop or the uh, or the farm or the restaurant or the the lodge or something is going out of business and they have to save the shop. And it's just getting boring, like, save the theater, save the, it's like, <laughs> do you have any of those sort of tropes? No, I completely agree. I think I mentioned it in one of my shows. It's like the whole, they're losing a business, let's get together and try to save it. Yeah, I, like, I completely agree with you. I think <laughs> the royal movies, they're, they're great, but they are getting tired, too. Whoa. We will have five. <laughs> but by the time the royal wedding comes, we'll have had at least five. They, probably ones they haven't even announced. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, do you, this is what I was going to say about the, like, the Save the Farm movies. Mm -hmm. I, they're just not, they don't work because nobody believes that they're actually going to lose their business. Yeah. There's no stakes. It's like if you put, you know, Captain America in a dangerous situation in you know he's going to be fine especially if there's going to be another captain america movie yeah right so if there's no stakes then why do we care about this store right mm -hmm. right and yeah. and it's kind of like we it's already you know predetermined that they're going to save it because we know he the, he gets the girl in the end and they save the business at the same time yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't think there's ever been a movie where they actually did lose it. Yeah. And that would be, a, like, if they did that, that would put a reset on my hate of those movies. <laughs> because then I'd be like, well, you know what? Maybe they might lose it in the end. But yeah. it'll be, like, better for them. It'll grow or something. Mm -hmm. And they're they're trying to be You've Got Mail. But that's the difference, is You've Got Mail actually closed the store. Yeah. <laughs> they actually had to learn and grow and, like, deal with it. <laughs> I love You Got Mail. Nora Ephron is queen. Oh. Yes, we, we, we so agree. Rachel might love Nora Ephron more than Andrew Francis. <laughs> definitely. I definitely love it. She's my favorite. I just love her books. I love her movies. Like, there's some bad ones, but I can still watch them because she's just so witty and so great. And Which ones do you not like? Well, like, there's some, like, uh, Mixed Nuts, 
and uh, and hanging up, yeah. and you know some of the ones that nobody talks about because they're not very good. <laughs> Nancy Myers is actually my favorite. I love Nora. Oh, but Nancy Myers speaks to me on every single level. She has um, a movie for me at every point in my life when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, <laughs> when I'm an adult now, a working woman, like yeah. one in the future when I'm a mother. Um, like she literally has a movie for every point in my life. And yeah. I just love it writing. She has some fun ones for sure. I love her Parent Trap. It's one of the better. I'm not a big fan of most Disney remakes, but Parent Trap remake is good. Like Parent Trap is seriously my favorite movie of all time. I literally just like sent a tweet out last night with the Parent Trap chip. Like I kid you not, I have seen that movie by more than five times and I'm not even counting like yeah. I watched that movie religiously I can quote everything <laughs> like I can literally recite the whole entire film forward and backwards and like every word every inflection literally I yeah. love that movie. <laughs> it's really good it's a good one to love yeah I'm trying to learn the handshake with one of the people at work but it's not working out we're not good at it <laughs> <laughs> oh I have the handshake down pat yes nice <laughs> sorry that's me nerding out <laughs> yeah so you're a big fan of like rom-coms in general not oh, just hallmark absolutely yeah do you think that that rom-coms will have a comeback because i was really hoping that the home with reese witherspoon would be kind of a comeback to that kind of romantic comedy that we haven't seen in a long time right. uh, but i didn't love it I, I mean that. i liked it it was cute and there was also nancy meyer's daughter Ellie. Yeah, it just wasn't romantic to me. Uh, and I think the problem was that they split the attention between three guys instead of one. Yeah, well, four if you even include her husband. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was like a sitcom about these guys, and I'm like, that's not what I wanted to see. I wanted to see a cute romantic comedy where Reese Witherspoon falls in love. Yeah. Um, so. I think I don't know. everybody, because like I am, I don't know where you are actually located. I'm, I'm out here in LA, and mm -hmm. I just see everyone just talking about Marvel movies. Everyone yeah, just, it's like it's that franchise. They just want to see superheroes right now. Superhero movies are the westerns that were back in the 50s. yeah. Mm. I get it. We're just in a time of cinema where anyone, like everyone, just wants to watch super movies, and that's even getting tiring. Yeah. yeah. Most movies are made for 13 to 18 year old boys. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> like the, 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 That's why the movies do so well, because yeah. it's the 13, 18 year old boys who are watching them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I would love to see a comeback of the rom-com. Yeah. Fine. I'll just write some and then... <laughs> You'll and see. then we'll 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 see we'll watch we'll go see the crap out of them. We'll just oh my sit in yeah. the movie theater and watch them over and over. Yeah. <laughs> I like I do write. I'm not like a consistent writer, but I used to write all the time. Mm -hmm. Like and I think that's the the nerdy book reader in me that also likes writing. I actually wanted to be a literature major. Um but I went to film in, instead. So like, I do like writing and I'm actually writing a short film right now. Oh, wow. That's cool. So yeah, yeah you I always have ideas for, for rom-coms. Now, like, I always have to tell myself like, one day I'll just write it. I'll just write yeah. it. That's good. And that's one that reason I do NaNoWriMo every year. I don't know if you've heard of, if you've heard of NaNoWriMo, it's the uh, National Novel Writing Month. And, uh, and you write 50,000 word novel in one month because, and it's like such like a creative, like, and, uh, it just gets you writing every day, which I think is the best part of it. <laughs> and, uh, so I've done some sort of rom-commy kind of things in my, in my NaNoWriMo and it's just, it's just a, a fun, the editing part of writing is horrible, but that, uh, I, I do love that creative energy of it. Yeah, it's it's great, but it's also the the process too. It's really fun, like how you get from point A to point B. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Subplots. <laughs> and you have a book podcast, correct? Really? Uh, yeah. We, um, so our sister network, which is also run by us, is in the same location. Um, book Circle Online. We do podcasting for books. Um, so it's basically book club. Yeah. Mm -hmm it is and we sit together talk about a book or mostly uh we have a host who interviews 
um, authors about mm -hmm. their mm -hmm. new book that just came out. Um, what I do, I do adapted with my co-host Phil Svitek. Um, and we talk about the book that has been adapted into a movie. Oh. Yeah. So we talk about the book more in depth, and then we talk about the differences from the movie to the book and why they might have changed something. Or if, like, for example, we did Jungle Book. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows the Jungle Book story, but people may not realize when you actually read Jungle Book, that is just like one mm -hmm one snippet of seven other stories that are in that book yeah yeah and the animated film has like n almost nothing to do with the book like yeah. very minimal the uh, book is so different from what yeah people know of the movie so like we go more in depth at the book aspect have you mm -hmm. read and seen ready player one yet i have seen ready player one i have not read the book okay I, I want to be interested in your thoughts on the adaptation yeah that would be an interesting <laughs> one to do on your channel on your because they, they they had a pretty loose adaptation, but it was still entertaining. Yeah, I haven't I haven't read the book. Um, our next book is actually the the Perfect Storm. Oh, interesting. We're we're trying to think of the the obscure ones that people may know or may not know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, last, that's cool. Yeah, last week not to date our our particular show today, but uh, last week we covered uh, Jerry Conlin in the Guilford Four. Hmm. No one knows. Mm -hmm. No idea. Not, <laughs> knows of the movie either. I never heard of it, but it's based on a true story on that happened over in London. Huh. About Ooh. like, yeah, a man and his friends and family all were convicted guilty, even though they were innocent, and they were sentenced to life in prison. Mm -hmm. No one knows the story, but so like that's that's what our our show is like. We're we're trying to cover the books that people may not know, so bring yeah. more interest and attention to them. Gotcha. I like that. That's cool. Instead of doing like the obvious, like you like we're going yeah, time or something like that. The mainstream ones, because we're just nerdy in that way. Cause <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're like, let's talk about the ones people aren't. <laughs> cool. Have you done Jane Austen? I Any? love Jane Austen. We haven't done it on our show, but I read a lot of her books. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite book of Jane Austen's? Oh, definitely Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. For it's sure. The best. I love, I love it. Uh, I love it too. And I, and I still managed to be able to read it and be like, oh my gosh, how did she say no to Darcy? How's it all going to work out? And I read it like many times. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I've read Pride and Prejudice probably five times, um, which is a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, like my favorite um, adaptation, visual adaptation is, uh, of course, um, the, the BBC one. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. and, with Colin Firth. Yeah. As he'll always be my Mr. Darcy. <laughs> always. Yeah. But I, I don't know, a lot of people are really hard on the Keira Knightley one, but like, I kind of feel like you can't, like what, they couldn't do the standard retelling any better. It's already been done. So they had to try to try some things, I think. Right. And, uh, and I like that it, cause she was the star. So it's, she's the one that does more of the changing in that movie versus usually in Pride and Prejudice, it's Darcy who is at least seen to be doing more of the changing. And like in that version, Darcy, in my opinion, Darcy is just kind of shy and awkward more than like an outright jerk. And so she's the one that kind of has to change more, but I, I really enjoy it. And, but I, I love the Colin Firth one so much. Yeah. I mean, so good. So mm -hmm. good. Yeah. If you like Pride and Prejudice, you would love uh, North and South. It, it has some um, similar elements. North and South is so great. The book is really funny, but super long, so yeah, don't do that's it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> or find the time to read it. Yeah. Um, but the, I, yeah, the series North and South is really good. So good. Yeah. One question I wanted to ask is why do you think that the Hummer Channel, because they're like consistently just killing it in the ratings? Um, why do you think it's doing so well right now? And what do you think they're doing right? Um, well, I think is that it's very clean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and people like that. Because when you go to the Marvel movies, when you go to, you know, any comic movies or any action movies, it's like they're, they're dirty, they're, they're gritty, there's a lot of cursing, there's a lot of sex, and great, yeah, fine, that's fun to watch, but it also just gets gratuitous at some yeah. point, you know? And, and I think people, it, 
like they're so simple you can turn your brain off like I watch Hallmark movies to to wind down from my crazy 16 hour workday you know I'm not gonna get that and I think a lot of people just watch it because it's fun to watch it's easy to remember it's easy to like and um and it's it's that idealistic man that are also hard to find in life yeah absolutely it's hard to find good guys like Hallmark men well and they're they're making movies that that Hollywood's not making and so I, you know, like there, there's just this, there's a vacuum that, that these two, that's, gets, uh, gets filled. So, uh, and so my last question was, uh, if you could give Hallmark one piece of advice of like, we are talked about, I guess, save the farm, but, uh, what would you say? Change this, do this differently. I would say have more diversity. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I love the movies, but very rarely do you see, other people other than Caucasians, which is great. I mean, like, and even if you have like the, the black African-Americans or the the Puerto Ricans or what whatever Latino culture, they're always the friends. They are never the leads. Yeah. yeah. I've not once seen an Asian lead. The only Asian people I've seen are always the best friends, you know? It's like, yeah. love diversity. And I get Crown Media is run by Caucasian people, totally fine, but like, give more storylines to diverse cast members. Even when yeah. calls the heart. Like, James and I are always calling out, the, oh, here's their Asian in the background, and here's the Black person in the background. Not once do they get on screen time, or they get a line or a story. Yeah. Um, so just have diversity. Cause that in defense of one calls the heart, though, like, in 1914, I Canada, I don't know. But, like, the ones where they're set in New York or big cities, um, there would be people of color in the city like yeah. it's unrealistic to have it be 95 percent white people yeah. yeah yeah but like in james and i we, do, we absolutely do realize that but all the movies on hallmark they're all in real time yeah so, no, yeah so the, there's no excuse for the modern ones yeah for, for there not to be people and i mean and of course the people in chesapeake shores they're all one family but yeah. that doesn't mean that there's no people in town right <laughs> And like the storylines where you see go to Chicago or LA, they're so, it's a melting pot of it every yeah. day. Yeah, it made me crazy in the, uh, our favorite, uh, the um, Mr. Christmas movie, that like she has her like black friend that she like Skypes with conveniently that's available to her like all hours of the day. You're like, you couldn't have, you're in Chicago. <laughs> they couldn't even like find an actress to be on set. They had to Skype someone in. Yeah. I was so, we were so mad. Yeah. And yeah, I feel you. But that's what I said. They just need diversity. Yeah. They want a realistic portrayal of just people in the world. Yeah. It's not that hard. Yeah. And uh, we, our friend at The Hall Remark, it's a blog about Hallmark movies. She is very adamant that she wants Jonathan Adams to be Santa Claus. And we are fully behind that. So Hallmark Channel, make Jonathan Adams Santa Claus. It'll be amazing. Everyone will be happy about it. He was the friend in the sweetest Christmas, if you if you didn't know. Yeah, the okay. the uh, chef in the sweetest Christmas. He's been on last man, yeah, and he's been on Last Man Standing and stuff. I loved him. He was fun. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't he be a great Santa? He'd be perfect. Yeah, he just got the perfect characterization for it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Stefan and I, my co-host for Happy Hallmarkies, we were talking about how good of a friend he was in that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And so, I I think that Hallmark fans would be. Like, up for it. I think they'd be excited. I think they would get right. Like, there's no reason not to do it. So why not do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So uh, we're with you. <laughs> yeah, <agree>. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it was so much fun to get to know you better. Hopefully we can have you on again. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, when my happy Hallmarkies come back, we can get you guys on. Oh, we'd love it. That would be great. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so where can I, you're on all these shows, but social media and your different shows, where can people, uh, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Serafini TV. Just my last okay. TV. Um, cause my last name was apparently taken up by someone who doesn't oh. So yeah. <laughs> cool. yeah Serafini TV everywhere. Great. Love it. Yeah. 
and we'll have links to all her content uh, in the description section, so check that out. And uh, this weekend on Hallmark, uh, we have a, another princess movie, Once Upon a Prince. And uh, well, don't say it like that. This is going to be the best one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so hyped about it. And I don't care what you say. <laughs> and I'm going to tweet it to make sure it's good. I have a live tweet curse that they're always disappointing when I live tweet. We do get an occasional, like I love the sweetest heart. I'm like the only one in the world who loved it. And, uh, and I live tweeted that. Maybe I've just been like worn down. <laughs> But so many of them, I, I don't know. I just feel like I have very bad luck. And so, yeah, uh, Amber will have to tweet uh, Once Upon a Prince. I mean, I read the book, so I'm actually, I am looking forward to it. Uh, I just, uh, I love Royal Hearts. So it's a a, a tall uh, measure to, com uh, to compare to, in my mind, at least. That's your standard. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite of the princess movies is A Crown for Christmas. I think that one's the best. Danica is great. Yes. She's so good, and yeah, I love the um, interactive us to promote that one. Oh, really? That yeah. must have been fun. Um, I talked to her personally about that movie. That was, mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, are you looking forward to Once Upon a Prince? Yep, yep. I have it set to record. <laughs> Definitely, like, I have to find time to watch it. Yeah. My, my schedule's been super busy, um, which is no excuse. I get that, but... Um, <laughs> I do, I do schedule time to watch my home movies. Well, and this week for the podcast, we're going to be covering the non-royal movies. Uh, so Love Once and Always, uh, Home by Spring, and The Sweetest Heart. So that should be really fun. And, uh, and then we're, we're also going to look at a uh, Hallmark Movies Now movie called August Creek. So there'll be four movies that we'll talk about on Wednesday. So you want to check that out. And, uh, and then we have our When Calls the Heart Recap, which will be on Thursday with Ruth Hill. So lots of fun stuff coming up on the podcast and on Hallmark Channel uh, this week. So uh, Amber, where can people find you? As always, I'm at Amber Brainwaves on Twitter and that's it. Awesome. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and YouTube. I have my review for Ready Player One up and you can check that out. And I also had my review of Easter Parade, uh, which is delightful and wonderful, uh, that posted on Easter. So check that out over on my channel. And uh, thanks again so much, Marissa. We really had a ball talking with you. Yeah, thank you so much. This was so fun. We'll have to do it again soon. <laughs> It's, it's great to talk about this because like my show has like such a structured format yeah. and so yeah. I have talked a lot and covered a lot of things. I, I love that. It's fun. Oh. We're pretty uh, loosey-goosey. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely have, have to get together again soon. And um, thanks everybody for listening and let us know your comments, what you think, uh, what advice you would give to Hallmark. Put in the comment section or let us know on Twitter. And uh, thanks so much. And we will uh, talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.